0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm just gonna jump right in with a couple movies that I saw this past week. Um, I actually just did them all back to back. I saw three movies in three days, so it was a it was a good week for movies, honestly. Just as far as you know, releases. So the three movies that I'm gonna be going over. Um, the first one is a horror movie called Antlers. The second one is going to be Edgar Wright's new movie, Last Night in Soho, and last but not least, the newest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Eternals. So it's going to start off right off the bat with the, I guess in the order that I watched these movies, uh, I went and saw Antlers. It is a it's a new horror movie directed by Scott Cooper. If you're not familiar with his work, he's directed black mass crazy heart out of the furnace and hostels um i i'm okay with his work that he's done i i'm actually a really big fan of black mass um it's a story of whitey bulger but um the other movies he's done like hostels i wasn't a huge fan of it was kind of like a, a western um crazy heart i actually haven't watch before so I have no idea if that one's any good or not and then Out of the Furnace that one was pretty good as well but I mean it doesn't stand out to me so I really wasn't too sure what to expect with this movie so um I first things first it was pretty good I I enjoyed it. Um, I'm a I'm a horror fan, so of course I wanted to go watch it. I had not seen any trailers. I literally just saw the the movie poster for this movie, and I just looked up who was directing it and you know who was starring in it, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm intrigued. Let's go watch this thing. So um, this stars Jesse Plemons, Kerry Russell, and Jeremy Thomas, the the child. I guess the main child character in this story. Um the I'll just give you a brief description of the movie. Um it's just kind of the I think the IMDB description for this movie. So it's a small town Oregon teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, discover that a young student is harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. So they kept it very vague, which I appreciated. Um Again, I hadn't seen the trailer, so I had no idea what to expect. And it was called Antlers, so I didn't really know what that meant. But once I watched the movie, it kind of made sense. I am going to go into a little bit of spoilers. So if you you do not want to know anything about this movie, then I'd maybe just skip ahead um you know if this is something you're really looking forward to and you just want to know nothing about um i am going to touch on a little bit um of spoiler territory in the movie i'm not going to break down the whole movie i'm not going to just you know spoil the whole movie or anything but i i do want to touch on some of it so i want to let you know it's not going to be a technically spoiler free discussion on this movie um Rotten Tomatoes, critic score gave it a 60%, audience score gave it a 69%. I feel like that's pretty fair, you know, on average for kind of how I felt. I I'd maybe give it, yeah, like a six and a half, just overall. Um honestly, the the setting was really nice. It really kind of gave you a sense of dread. It was really kind of desaturated. Um really just looked cold and kind of dreadful so they they really nailed the tone on it so you just kind of got that kind of unsettling feeling just right off the bat Um, truly I think the cinematography was actually pretty good in this movie surprisingly I mean not that he's not or not that they're not capable but I just wasn't expecting to notice the quality of the cinematography um, right away and I did I mean the first opening shot I was like oh all right, here we go. Um, Kerry Russell and Jesse Clemens, they're, they're always good in what they do. Um, I think they're both very talented actors and actresses. But to me, the, the standout was actually Jeremy Thomas, the, the kid. Uh, he, he nailed it. Uh, he he kind of plays the, the troubled child. And it's always tough with um, kid actors. You never know. Uh, especially in horror movies. I mean, telling a kid to act scared could either make it really corny, unconvincing, like you you just don't know. I think he did a really good job. Um, the way his character was kind of portrayed was not like a scared little child. He was a child born into a kind of really just terrible situation. Bad bad deal like with his parents as far as like their occupations and just like his home life was just not great um it kind of felt like one of those situations where it's like the kids having to take care of their family rather than you know their dad or mom kind of being the head of the household it was like you know the kid this kid um was kind of the, the head of the house um what is the lucas lucas is the name of the um his character but yeah i think he did a really good job you know he he stayed really strong you know i i really felt for his character like i i felt so sad you know he at school you can tell he was just struggling and he didn't really want to be there and he was kind of the outcast and being bullied and he just he felt bad you know he didn't really didn't have any friends or anything so it was just kind of sad and honestly that's kind of what i felt throughout this whole movie was it was sad i was like man, I'm like kind of expecting it to be, I didn't want to say a cliche horror movie, but I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, I just wasn't sure. And now they, it really was kind of a, a horror drama. I mean, man, there was so much just like tragic stuff. And, you know, going back to a lot of the characters past, even like um, Jesse Plemons and Kerry Russell's characters, their brother and sister living together. And they seem to kind of had a complicated past and a rough childhood themselves. Uh, it's you know They had an abusive father and it was just a bad deal. You get a couple flashbacks with that and it was just sad. You're like, man, these people have just been through a lot, so it's, it was sad. But they did it well to where you really felt for the characters. Um, I'm just going to give it away. The why it's called antlers i believe it's in the trailer again i haven't seen the trailer so i don't know if they tell but the reason it's called antlers is because it is based around kind of the story of the wendigo which is like a it's a mythical creature i believe in like native american i don't want to say history but their kind of culture and their stories and i'm not super familiar with the wendigo as kind of a you know a mythical creature but i knew what it looked like it's kind of this giant monster looking like kind of like animal but just this massive one with like a bunch of antlers and i don't know it's pretty frightening um so this was almost kind of like a, a creature feature which i wasn't expecting which i should have because it was called antlers so i guess i should have put two and two together but i didn't but yeah it was essentially a, a wendigo creature feature and in this small little Oregon town, and I gotta say the the special effects, like when they actually do the the horror um, scenes and like the gore and all of that stuff, and like the creature itself, the special effects were great. Um, I don't think there was a ton of CG. I believe the the creature itself, I think, was CG, uh, maybe. A little bit practical with some of it but the creature itself looked really good and for the most part you didn't you don't really get to see the creature a whole lot which is in my opinion what you need to do in a creature feature um, if you show the movie or you show the the creature too much it becomes not scary anymore so then you're just like i don't care like what's happening and luckily the most that you see it is actually at the end um, like, in the final act, and that's when you really start to see the creature. And, unfortunately, kind of to its detriment, and I'll get to that in a minute. But, like, the the body horror, um, I won't give away too much, I guess, as far like, I won't break down the scenes. But there's a couple times, like, there's bodies found dead, and they're just, like mutilated like beyond belief it's not just like oh it's missing a limb or oh no he's got like a bite in his chest it's like the bodies were mutilated in a way that you've almost never seen a body mutilated before like some of them were just like the husks of a human like something almost was like i don't even know how to explain it like it was almost like unexplainable body horror and it was like holy shit it's like really gross and disgusting, but like done so so well. And I think that the like the body horror, like the the dead bodies in here, were practical, or at least they look practical, which is great. So, props on your special effects team for sure. That was. A great job, truthfully. Um, But getting into kind of where the the detriment of seeing the creature too much was that final act. You know, that's when kind of shit starts to go down, as you would kind of expect. I mean, that's not really a spoiler. Um, But that's when you start to see the the creature the most, the Wendigo. And then you get a really good shot of the Wendigo. And it looks, looks great. I was like, holy shit, that is actually fucking terrifying to look at. But again with getting a a good enough glance to actually make out what the creature looks like. um, Then it doesn't become as scary anymore because you get to process it. You're like, Oh wow, that is really scary. And then like, after you see it for about 10 seconds, you're like, okay, well now I know what it looks like. You know, it's not up to my brain to kind of imagine what this looks like. Um, That's kind of the reason, you know, horror books, in my opinion, do, better for the most part as far as creating that sense of fear and that dread and really that horror um, because they leave it up for interpretation because in books you don't for the most part you don't get pictures you know they they explain in detail maybe what you're supposed to be kind of imagining but you, you don't ever actually get to see it and so in a movie when they show the creature you're like eh, all right it's scary but now that I've seen it it's, it's not as scary anymore, you know? And so, the, the final act, that's kind of where it fell off for me, unfortunately. Really, the first two thirds were super engaging. Um, it, it felt pretty original. It didn't feel super tropey or anything. I think all the performances were good. The setup was good. Again, it was really sad. So you're like, man, you know what? I feel bad for these characters. Like, it's, they did a really good job. Um, but the final act kind of felt a little predictable, familiar, a little, I don't want to say tropey, but kind of. Um, it's kind of what you would expect out of kind of a mainstream horror movie. You kind of know what's going to happen at the end. But the the very, very end, like the, the final scene, um, like the final kind of last couple scenes, I actually enjoyed the little twist. There is a little twist. Um, Some of you might not catch it. I mean, you should, but there's a couple little hints in there that you're like, oh, okay, okay, I see what you're doing, which I appreciated. So it didn't just end, you know, the way that you think it would. But I was like, okay. Not that I want it to set up any sort of sequel or anything. We don't need an antlers sequel. I mean, we really don't. Even though I thought it was pretty good, I I don't need to see another one, you know. Um, But it it was good. I think the, it was kind of interesting because even though it was technically like a creature feature, the way that they kind of did the special effects and a lot of the imagery and kind of... um uh, Like, I don't want to say foreshadowing, that's not the right term, but a lot of like the... It was like kind of visual storytelling. Like it was trying to get the message across... Um, like visually, it didn't wasn't telling you, it was just kind of like a visual thing. And it was kind of like a play on the, on like a metaphor for like drugs and like substance abuse and like physical abuse. Um, I mean, like I was saying, they kind of touch on that a little bit with the characters with like physical abuse and stuff and their backgrounds when they were kids. But there's a lot of like messages or like the message to me kind of for the most part was like substance abuse and what that can do to a family and to, you know, children and just the people around you. And also the physical abuse, what that can do to a family. And it's detrimental, of course. But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of interesting um, that that's kind of the message they were going for, because it didn't, yeah, I mean, it felt, it didn't feel out of place, I should say. Um, but yeah, I again, I think it was pretty good. I don't remember the soundtrack too much. I do like to try and pay attention to the soundtrack, but if I'm being completely honest, I don't really remember it. If that says anything as far as how good it was, I mean, it gave an eerie sense to the movie, but there's nothing that I was like, holy shit, like there's something crazy about that soundtrack that you need to listen to. Like, it was good. I'm not gonna call it bad because it. It did its job but wasn't something some masterpiece a couple good jump scares that felt earned Um, this movie is kind of a slow a slower burn um i wouldn't say it's for everybody i think all around is a pretty good movie um slow burn for sure but i think it's better than your average horror movie Um, I would recommend it if you're a horror movie, even just a casual horror movie fan. I think you'd probably get enjoyment out of it. But um, if you're not a horror movie fan, if you're just looking for even honestly, it's hard to say the casual um, horror movie fan, because I think if you're just looking for jump scares like that sort of entertainment where you're just like, I just want to go in to be scared, it might not be as enjoyable to you. It might still be good, but not maybe what you're looking for, because again, it, it is pretty slow, but yeah, it was, it was good. It was about an hour and a half. I think it felt longer than that, um, which was good. They, they made the most of that hour and a half. So yeah, Um, I'd say if you're a horror fan and you just maybe like drama, you kind of like the slow burn, or if you're interested in the, the Wendigo character, uh, or the Wendigo to go creature that kind of story behind that I'd say go give it a watch it was it was enjoyable for me. Um, moving on, I went and saw the next day, like Wednesday. I think I went and saw, or yeah, I think it was Wednesday. <laughs> I saw Last Night in Soho is the new Edgar Wright film. If you're not familiar with Edgar Wright, he's done movies like Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, Scott Pilgrim, Baby Driver. Those are just to name a couple. He's he's a very talented and very unique director. Um, I think he's he's very good at what he does, but he's, he's definitely got his own passion for filmmaking. He likes to do out of the ordinary things and I think for the better, like he's good at it. He's good at making it not feel too over the top. He does he does go a little bonkers, but I think in a in a good way it feels refreshing. Um this this film stars Thomason McKenzie as kind of the the lead. Anya Taylor Joy is kind of the co-lead, I guess you could say uh, Matt Smith from Doctor Who um Terrence Stamp, the late Diana Rigg, and then Michael ajaw. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, the reason I brought Michael Ajao up, I'm just gonna just jump right into the performances. Um, I think performances were were very, very good for the most part. I think Thomason McKenzie. I actually have never seen her in a movie before. And so I thought she did an amazing job as the the lead. She did a very, very good job. Um very relatable character. Um, I think she just, she did a wonderful job and Anya Taylor-Joy, she's, she's always good. Um, nothing else I can really say there. She did a great job as kind of the the co-lead. She It was a different role for her, for sure, because she wasn't really the lead and she was kind of this mysterious character, but I think she, she nailed it. And then the reason I mentioned Michael, ajaw um, not because I expected anybody to necessarily recognize the name because he hasn't been in a whole lot, but I think he did a really good job. Uh, he was kind of the, the love interest um, to Eloise, Eloise's character. That's who Thomas and McKenzie played. Um, he's kind of the, the love interest. And, I just really liked him. He's really likable character. I mean, of course that comes down to the writing too, but he's nailed it. He's just, I, for some reason I was just like, I just want to be this guy's friend. He's just like a super good dude. Like, I'm like, man, you did a really good job. Nice job. Um, critic score for this movie on rotten tomatoes was like a 74, which I think was a little low, um, lower than I thought. Uh, but, the, the audience score was a 90% as of, you know, the 5th, November 5th. It could still adjust, but... I I think if you average those two together, you know, put it in the 80s, I think that's a good score for this movie. Um, all around, I I liked this movie a lot. Um, I'll give you kind of the, the brief description of the movie. It is a... An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. However, the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something far darker. I feel like that's a pretty good explanation without giving anything away. Again, I'm going to kind of touch into spoilers a little bit, but I'm not going to give any crazy twists away. Uh, I'm just going to touch on kind of the, the story points and what I liked and um, just some of the, the character, I guess, points in the movie that I enjoyed, things like that. the The trailer did a good job of not giving too much away, but I also think, because it kind of left you feeling intrigued, but it also didn't really tell you what the movie was about, where maybe you wouldn't be interested in seeing it because you don't really know what's going on. Like it kind of looks confusing based on the trailer. So I'm just going to kind of give away the the whole plot device that they use. And it's literally, if you watch the first five minutes of the movie, they they tell you. So essentially Eloise, the uh, main character she has kind of this like ability. It doesn't really it's not like necessarily a supernatural ability, but it's just kind of an ability to it's almost like a sixth sense, kind of like, you know, Sixth Sense the movie where he can see dead people, but it's not necessarily that. It's kind of the ability where she can kind of like sense um sense people. Like she walks into a room um she she can kind of sense who's been there, you know her again, this is touched on pretty like pretty right off the bat of the movie. Her mother passed away, and um she sees her mother a lot, you know, in these kind of like visions that she has. She can kind of sense her mother a lot and um so that's that's kind of like where the nineteen sixties plot setting. There's kind of like two storylines that go on so that's where that like kind of the 1960s storyline comes in is um she moves to London uh to be kind of like a, a fashion designer she's going to school to be a fashion designer and she gets this room at this like hotel apartment kind of thing rents it out from this old lady and when she goes to sleep she starts to almost like dream but almost kind of go into like it seems like she's going into a dream but it almost it's it's her sense kind of putting her into this place so she almost kind of gets like teleported back in time for the 1960s and she's almost kind of living in the in the body of a character named Sandy um which is Anya Taylor-Joy's character she kind of gets put into this body and kind of gets to live her day-to-day life as this, you know, wannabe singer back in the 1960s. And so it was, it was cool. You're like, okay, like what's going on here? Uh Um, The reason she starts seeing this, this girl is because this girl had stayed in this room back in the sixties. And so that's why her essence is there, I guess. So that's why, you know, Eloise is picking up on that. And that's why she's seeing this girl, and so she starts to go, like, look forward to, like, going to sleep, you know, she's pushing off plans, she's like, nope, I got, I got things to do tonight, and so when she goes to sleep, she kind of goes into this dream world, and she starts to realize that it's, it's not all fine and dandy the way she thought, so she, you know, she's enjoying going back, and, like, being a dancer, and being pretty, and uh, being successful, and, she's like a big sixties fan anyways. Like she, she's always talking about how she loves the sixties, wish she could live there and, um, listens to sixties music. Like that's most of the soundtrack in this movie is old, older music. And so this is like the ideal place for her to be is like the 1960s. And then shit starts to go down and it starts to go down a really dark path with this, um, Sandy character. And, Eloise kind of starts to realize that like what's starting to happen she's like oh my god like what happened to this girl like she started going down this really dark path like what happened and she almost didn't want to be in this world anymore she's like oh my god I know like this isn't what I thought I thought I was gonna you know live in this kind of second life as like a celebrity and then it started to take this really dark turn and she's like I don't want to do this anymore but living in this room and, you know, going to sleep and having this really like sensitive sense, she can't really escape it. And so she kind of starts to see the horrors of what happened to this character. And you're like, Oh my God, like it starts to go into some really dark shit. That's honestly really relatable as far as kind of Hollywood goes. Um, This is kind of, I guess you could say a, a spoiler plot point is It starts to go into kind of the kind of what women went through in Hollywood back then and what they continue to go through today. Not just women, but in this case, it was a woman. And what they have to do to succeed in Hollywood. And I I shouldn't say just Hollywood, but to succeed, to be a celebrity. Like, in order to be a celebrity, you got to do some terrible shit to please and impress the the big wigs and like the big names of people that can make you successful. Um, I'm not going to get into details about that, but like perfect example is if you're not familiar, but like the Harvey Weinstein or Harvey Weinstein thing, you know, him manipulating all of these up and coming actresses and doing really vile, disgusting things to him. And he's like, if you do this, you know, sexual favor for me, I can make you famous. And so it kind of touches on that aspect. And so you're like, oh man, like this is sad. You know, this is terrible. You know, I I don't want to watch this happen, but and that's what starts happening to Eloise. She's like, I don't want to deal with this. She's like, I don't, I feel terrible. Like I'm almost watching this go down, but I can't do anything about it because it's already happened. And so it's, it's just, It's intense. Um, I don't think you could put this movie in a single genre. I think it's like three genres in one. It's a, it's a mystery. It's a thriller and it's a horror movie all in one. Um, It's not your traditional horror movie, but you do definitely get some horror aspects of it uh, for sure. It's very suspenseful because you're very intrigued by the story, but you kind of know the path it's going down, but you're like, I don't, don't really know like what's going to happen and like the mystery is unraveling this sandy character's backstory you know you go more and more into that and you're like holy shit so yeah it was it was cool um cinematography you know with edgar wright the just the filmmaking quality is of course going to be high um he's has a very unique way of kind of having movies shot. The editing was really cool. They did a lot of really cool camera tricks with, um, kind of switching between Anya Taylor's Anya Taylor joy's character and then switching it to like Eloise's character because Eloise is essentially, you know, living in the life of Anya Taylor joy's character, but she's almost just like viewing it. She's not like physically doing it. She's kind of just, visually there and so it kind of pans back and forth between the two characters as they're in this world and so it they do a really cool kind of just camera tricks with that it's it's really unique visually it was just stunning soundtrack was very unique Um he's edgar wright's got a thing with music and in, in the best way possible again that's kind of why his movies feel so unique because he he does have a very heavy focus on um, almost like musically storytelling, like musics, musically storytelling. I don't know if that's the right way to say that, but he he does a lot of kind of storytelling and like giving away emotions and moods with musical cues, and so it's it's really cool. Not that this movie's a musical, but there's a lot of music that influences how the story goes. Um, So soundtrack was really cool and it really built up, built out that world and kind of really just immerse you into the, into the story. Um, Again, the the story itself was really cool. It, it hooked me right away. I I don't remember a point in this movie really until kind of that, that final act until, or that I really felt out of the movie at all. Uh, I was, I was sucked in. Almost the whole way, um, kind of going into that final act. I'm not I'm not going to go into the twists because um, you. I think you should experience that. But there there are a couple couple twists. The final act for me, kind of the same with antlers. It left a little bit to be desired. Um, the twists themselves were were good, I think. But once they happen, it kind of takes away from everything that the movie has just kind of told you like the whole story that you were given you're like oh this is a really good story and then the twist happens and you're like "That almost kind of takes away from the story that I enjoyed so much a little bit like just unfortunately for me that's kind of how I felt just kind of took away from the movie Um, so that's kind of when I got pulled out a little bit I still enjoyed the final act but it didn't feel as unique and original as the first, like two thirds of the movie felt. Um, Again, I feel like the end wasn't predictable um, the way antlers was, but it, it felt kind of familiar. Like it felt like I had kind of seen it before. It wasn't super unique. Um, The visuals at the end are really cool. I really liked that. The, you know, the final act visually, it was really cool, but, Storytelling wise it was left a little bit to be desired for me personally um, so yeah, I don't know the the message of the movie um was kind of trying to touch on the kind of the message of like sexual assault and kind of what the struggles of what people have went through, and unfortunately, I think still go through in like Hollywood and you know into stardom into fame like in order to get into fame a lot of terrible things that have to happen sometimes for some people and it's unfortunate and i felt like that message didn't feel forced in this movie and it felt really strong for most of it um but again towards the end that message kind of got a little bit diluted like kind of with the twists and stuff you're like all right i mean Sure, but it kind of diluted that that strong message and that strong story that we were getting throughout the whole time, or like the whole first two acts of the movie. So, yeah, I, again, I th- I think the message got across, but it didn't it didn't land as well as I wanted it to. Um, but all around, it was a very fun movie. I think um, I I really enjoyed it for the for the most part i would absolutely go watch it again i think if you're i think this movie is for anybody i don't think there's a, a specific audience that needs to go watch this i think if you're just a casual movie fan i think you should absolutely go watch it um you want to be entertained go watch it if you like horror go watch it you like to be you like suspenseful movies go watch it i don't know it's I don't think there's a specific audience for this movie. I, I think it was very well paced. I don't think it was really slow. Good dialogue, good performances, good cinematography, good storytelling. I think it was a good movie. If I had to give it a, a rating, I'd say I'd probably give it an eight, eight out of 10. It was good. So if you get a chance to go watch it you know now or maybe when it comes to streaming, I'd I say go for it. It's one that I definitely would recommend. And last but not least, I want to go over the newest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is The Eternals. This is directed by uh, Chloe Zhao. I honestly have never seen anything she's ever done. Um, From what I could see when I kind of did some research, uh, she directed Nomadland, which again, I have not seen, but that was like the only movie that I had seen. Um, as a movie that she's directed in in the list other than Eternals. So I'm not familiar with her work. It looks like she's a writer on a few films, but again, I haven't seen any of them. So I was not familiar with any of her work, so I wasn't sure. Um, pretty pretty loaded cast for the most part. It stars Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Salma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, Camille Nangiani, Brian Tyree Henry, Don Lee, and a couple more that I clearly missed, but yeah, it, it was a good, good cast, honestly. I was pretty pleased I remember at the Marvel, I don't want to say showcase, but a few years back when they were announcing new movies and upcoming movies when they announced Eternals and then they brought out the cast. I was like, holy shit, they're getting some Legitimate, like, actors. I mean, not that Marvel ever struggles to get talented actors, but I was like, oh, that's a good cast. Um, This was kind of a shock, but the Rotten Tomato score of this movie was low. For most Marvel movies, I feel like critics do a pretty good job of just... I don't want to, I shouldn't say a pretty good job, do tend to rate them pretty high. Marvel movies, for the most part, are rated pretty high. Not that Disney has any influence on how their movies are rated, at least what I thought, anyways. Money can buy you a lot of things. That's all I'll say. (laughs) But I was shocked. The Rotten Tomatoes score was at 49% as of. Right now, and this is opening weekend, from what I understand, um, for Eternals. So it could either go up a little bit or down, but the critic score is not good on this movie. It's technically considered rotten, and I was I was shocked again because critics usually score Marvel movies pretty pretty high, and from what I understand. This is the lowest-rated Marvel movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a shock, honestly. I don't know if it's Marvel fatigue or people just didn't really like it as far as critics go. Um, The audience score was higher, which this is kind of where I sit for sure. Um, The audience score is an 86%, which I think is pretty good. Um, I think it's more than acceptable, but I was just shocked at the difference between the two. Um, I'm gonna give a brief brief description of the of the movie. The Eternals are a race of immortal beings with superhuman powers who have secretly lived on Earth for thousands of years. They reunite to battle the evil Deviants. That's it. Um, pretty vague. I. Knew nothing about the Eternals going in. I've never read any of the comics. I've never heard of any of the characters. I'm not familiar with them at all. And I'll be completely honest, when I watched the trailer, which I've only, I only saw the first trailer, the announcement trailer, I wasn't... I didn't feel very much. I was like, I mean, it looks looks okay to me it kind of looked boring um the little jokes that they had in the trailer i didn't think they didn't look like they landed very well i i just wasn't super interested honestly i was like man i was like i don't know if i'm having marvel fatigue i was like i'm just not very excited for this movie and it's not just because i don't know who the characters are you know i one of my favorite Marvel movies is Doctor Strange. And when I watched that movie, I had no, no history with Doctor Strange as a character. So it's not that it just was because I'm not familiar. I just was not excited. And the trailer was very average, so I was a bit worried. Um, But I'll be completely honest. It exceeded my expectations. I I, for the most part... I enjoy Marvel movies. I'm actually more of a DC fan, just the DC universe, not necessarily the movies. I think the DC movies have absolutely struggled and do not even really compare with the success and the massive universe that Marvel has created. But just as a whole, I enjoy DC more. But I am I am a fan of Marvel. Um and just the superhero genre. I'm a big superhero fan as well, as you can see in my background here. But, yeah, I, it exceeded my expectations. Not going to lie, my, my expectations were pretty low. I didn't really expect to enjoy this movie that much. But I was surprised. Um, the story, the story was my favorite part of this movie. Um, just real quick i'm I might touch on minor minor spoiler points here, so again with the past few movies I've discussed it's a it's really hard because I don't want to say that it's gonna be a spoiler free review and give away something that maybe you didn't know, and being that I haven't seen all the trailers, I don't know what they've given away in the trailers, so I'm just gonna say minor spoilers ahead if you want to go into this movie with no spoilers, maybe maybe skip this one so um i'm just going to jump right in here the story was awesome i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the the story and that's something in marvel movies that i don't feel like i typically get i'm usually wanting to be entertained i'm wanting to see you know the superheroes fight i want to see some big old crazy fight scenes and crazy special effects and it's they're usually just super fun, you know um and this this movie felt different. it was slower paced um which i I actually enjoyed it felt refreshing um it was really dialogue driven, you know it wasn't just a bunch of fight scenes, I mean there certainly is action in this movie, but the the biggest highlights for me were the, the story. It was super intriguing. It felt different. It didn't just feel very cliche. I mean, not that it hasn't I, not that I don't think this story has necessarily been hasn't been told before, but I think they told it in a very good way. I, I enjoyed it. And it just felt different than what we we're used to seeing in the MCU. And I think maybe that's kind of what jarred some audience members and some critics maybe they're just used to the mcu formula and so maybe it was a little shocking i don't know Um, it just really felt like its own thing it i mean clearly it's building as part of the marvel cinematic universe and it's got to connect but it didn't feel like just a setup movie which was what i was kind of worried about you know i was worried it was just like hey here's the eternals this is going to be like your next Avengers. You know, I wasn't sure what it was trying, it was going to try and do, but it, it surprised me. It was different than I thought. And in a good way, um, until the end, and this has been a trend with these, the past couple movies that I have just talked about in this review until the end, the, the final act is where the movie kind of fell off for me. Unfortunately, it's where it really kind of started to feel marvel You know, I didn't... It was certainly a Marvel movie, you know. I mean, of course, it's a Marvel movie. You can kind of tell, but it felt different for me throughout most of the movie. Um, the action scenes is when it kind of pulled me out. I know you need the action scenes because they're superheroes, but it's kind of when it pulled me out because, to me, the the story was so intriguing that when they started fighting and it didn't feel supernatural, like in the story it didn't feel like that's when a fight should happen so i was just like okay you're just kind of putting a fight scene in here to keep people engaged and that's kind of where it fell off for me the the fight scenes and then at the end you know of course there's gonna be a big fight scene at the end and it's kind of what it pulled me out um, not that I didn't enjoy the end, you know, it was, it was still good, I still enjoyed it, but it, it just, that's where, unfortunately, it kind of fell off. And I read something today that really kind of nailed on the head how I felt about this movie, and this was the, this was the quote. It said, The concept of Eternals is a lot more interesting than its execution. I don't think it can really be put any better than that for me personally. I think the concept of it, the story of it, I think the world that it was kind of building was really cool and really interesting and really unique. Again, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it felt different. And that was super refreshing for me. Um, But its execution of the whole story and how it all kind of wrapped together and how it completed i think the execution was was not great it wasn't bad well, you know it wasn't absolutely horrendous by any means it didn't completely kill the movie for me but it just wasn't executed as well as it could have you know like i feel like the concept was a lot better than the than it was executed um Kind of jump into a few things that i liked um and disliked um just a couple things here and there the the humor surprisingly hit better than i thought just based off the trailer again the if you've seen the trailer like when he breaks the table and he's like oh you must have built the fortress in here and he's like oh it's ikea fall collection i'm like i just felt really forced and like when he's like you want no one never saved the world your sarcasm i was like this feels super corny (laughs) i was like i'm uh i was like marvel's humor can be hit and miss for the most part it hits i think with their kind of one-liners but sometimes it's really cheesy and i was kind of worried that's what was going to be what was going to happen in this movie but honestly those lines that I was worried about in the trailer, those two specific lines, you know, the, the Ikea and sarcasm, those jokes actually hit for me when the movie, like in the movie, the, the kind of build up to the joke and the, the payoff of the joke, I think, hit a lot better with the actual context of the dialogue in the movie. Um, so, yeah, the humor, the humor worked for me. It was a little bit more subtle. Um, It wasn't everybody being hilarious and dropping one liners. A couple characters more so than others. Um, Brian Tyree Henry, I think, did a really good job. His character, fastest. um, His was like a a subtle humor, where like Camille Nangiani, his character was, of course, naturally charismatic and funny and just like spontaneous. And yeah. So, of course, I enjoyed him. To me, um, just as a whole, though, as all of the characters, because there were a lot of characters in this movie. Um, the Eternals are a pretty large squad. Honestly, it was about half the characters that were actually interesting to me. And unfortunately, it was mostly the side characters that I was interested in. Like the main characters, and this really isn't giving it away. I think you can kind of tell by the trailer who the, who the main characters are going to be. Um, Salma Hayek's Ajak, um, Richard Madden's Icarus, and then Gemma Chan's Cersei. I think they were kind of supposed to be the main characters, and truth be told, they were the least interesting to me. Um, I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe I, I tend to like these side characters a little bit more just maybe because i don't get as much so i'm like wanting more you know but i don't know those main three just didn't really do it for me they just were pretty bland they're just really boring they're like hey insert main character here you're like okay i mean i guess they're the main character just because you're telling me so not really any reason for it you know um to me, there weren't really any standout performances. Um, again, not that Marvel movies tend to have like Oscar-winning performances, because again, it's it's a superhero movie and it's kind of just to be entertaining and fun. Um, there were a couple performances that I enjoyed more than others. Um, Don Lee's Gilgamesh and Brian Tyree Henry's fastest, I think, were were actually my favorite. Um, Camille Nanjiani's Kingo, he was was good he was funny, but he was mostly just comic relief, where the other characters, I was actually a little bit more intrigued in their character, rather than just them being funny and me being entertained. And, side note, Angelina Jolie with blonde hair in this movie, man, she is a gorgeous woman, (laughs) like... I mean, I didn't necessarily. I mean, I kind of grew up with Angelina Jolie being like a big star, but she wasn't ever in anything that I really enjoyed watching. So I've never had very much experience with her. So she's never been an actress that's super high on my list. But goddamn, not gonna lie, I was like, sh- she was absolutely gorgeous, and it was it was the blonde hair and the the gold like swords and like the powers and like the goldish and white suit. I don't know. Something about it. I was like, "Damn. She looks really good." Um and speaking of suits, very underwhelming visually as far as their their costumes. Um kind of felt like Power Rangers just in that all of their outfits are very similar. They're just different colors. Like couple patterns here and there a little bit different maybe like one of them is more of like a long sleeve shirt and one of them is more like a a blouse you know something kind of like that you know different styles maybe but they all just looked so similar and they were very kind of desaturated I know they were kind of making them trying to make them look realistic but costumes were just really boring it just kind of looked like an actor in a costume like it didn't there was not ever like, oh, you know, like when you see Iron Man or you see like Star-Lord with his mask. I mean, not that Star-Lord's outfit's very iconic, but, you know, it's his red like leather jacket. And I don't know, there was just nothing like, ooh, there's no ooh factor of their suits. They were just kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, those are your, those are your special suits. Um, they're a little bit left to be desired for sure as far as their suits go. Um, their powers were pretty cool, but again, they were, they all kind of looked the same. They had different powers, but they were all just like gold colored. So, like, you know, one of them's really strong with like a gold fist, and, you know, one of them's got like gold guns on their fingers, and some's got gold swords, and one of them runs really fast, and she's got like gold streaks. Like, it just, nothing really unique, I guess I'm trying to say. So, yeah the The design, the character design, was pretty bland. And from what I've seen, the character designs in the comics were all very unique. Um, not that you have to go super comic accurate, but it seemed like every Eternal had their own persona. You know, each they had their own costume suit. Like, I don't know, they were all different and unique. And so, them going the very just generic. Let's make them all just look kind of the same so that we know that they're a team. It was kind of boring. It's like the Avengers. Everybody looks different in the Avengers. And so this was kind of just like bland. A um, couple things I really didn't like. Um, again, if you can't tell by the trailers, you know, just seen one trailer, but so I guess maybe minor... Spoiler, I don't know. But the there's a love story or love interest or love storyline between Icarus, Richard Madden's Icarus, and Gemma Chan's Cersei. Um, you know, they've been together and in love for thousands of years, and then they've, in the present day, they're, it's not really working out, and so it's kind of complicated, and you're just kind of meant to believe that they have a history together. You don't ever really see it, unfortunately, so it's like, oh, we have such a history together. Oh, we've been in love. I can't do this. Oh, you know, we've done this for thousands of years. You just kind of have to believe what they're saying because they don't ever really show you. Like, I don't know. It was just a very uninteresting love plotline and they focus pretty heavily on it and so i was like "Mm, yeah whatever um the characters of druig and makari uh they kind of took a back seat um for the most part most of the characters had pretty equal amount of screen time but druig and makari's characters were I don't want to say they were bad. I just feel like I didn't get enough. Like personally, I wanted I wanted more of them. Um they kind of took a back seat and I feel like they had kind of interesting stories to say, more so with Druig, but I wanted to wanted to see more from them personally. Um I I honestly think this movie would have been a lot better as a Disney Plus series. I I'm one that thinks that movies are still an absolutely viable form of media. You can still absolutely tell a great story inside of a movie. Um you can still develop characters. There's I mean, they've done it with Marvel in the past. But I think miniseries are becoming more popular and they've been very successful for Marvel. Uh I think it gives you a another way to really dive deep into the characters and kind of just relate to them a little bit more. You know, you you get to live with the characters a little bit. I think this would have been a really good opportunity to build out this team or this family of characters. Um, you could have really focused on them a lot more in a miniseries. And I think it would have been a lot better of a payoff because... Each thing that happens with the characters, you would care a lot more about them and you kind of understand, you know, say like the the love plot line between Icarus and Cersei, you could have really explored that you could have dedicated a whole episode to that, that plot line. And I think that would have really given you feeling and emotion towards them as a couple or, you know, just as characters, you would have understood that. And so... I think this would have absolutely, in this case, would have been better as a mini miniseries. Um, I think the, the Celestials, the big giant... I don't really know what you... I don't want to call them creatures, but giant beings, those cosmic beings, they did a really good job of those. Those looked really cool, and they were able to really give you a good viewpoint of the grand scale of how massive these Celestials are. You know, they could have just said, hey, there's these really big beings and they could have just showed their head and just been like, hey, they're big. But the way that they shot it was like, hey, you get the Celestial and you see up close, you're like, oh, you know, the characters are this big on the screen where the Celestial head takes up the rest of the screen, and then the Eternal is about this big. And then they pan out even further, where you get to see a bigger picture of the Celestial, and then you can like barely even see the character. Because like you're just like, oh, that's the scale. That's how massive these Celestials are. And I thought they did a really good job of capturing that point of view, as far as their size, and just how Grand they are, they're just massive beings. um, I've actually heard a lot of people say that they thought this movie was like super beautiful, like it cinema- like the cinematography was like really good, and like it was a gorgeous film, and maybe it's just me, but i I don't feel like it was all that great, like visually. Again, the suits were bland. Um, A lot of the set pieces felt really CGI. Like the Deviants, even. The Deviants looked cool, um, just as a design perspective, but they felt very CG. Um, I felt like there were a ton of green screen backdrops that just didn't look very good. You know, like they would be standing in a desert and there's supposed to be like a sunset in the background and it. Absolutely did not look like they were actually there. Like, I don't know. Maybe there was some on, on-site on shootings um, in this movie. I just didn't get a lot of it. Um, it just really felt CG to me. Uh, when they're in the city, you know, it looks good. Because I think they actually shot that on location. And then there's a um, few scenes where they're in, like, a forest. And, like, that, to me, looked pretty good. Because I think that was shot on location. If not, it looked they did a good job with that. But all of like the the desert and like. I don't know, like the the sky backgrounds and stuff. Didn't look good to me. And so like visually, this movie wasn't all that spectacular. And maybe I'm just recently spoiled with Dune. Dune is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever fucking laid my hand or my eyes on. So it's like, maybe I was spoiled with that and them doing so much desert stuff and it just all looks so damn good. So when I saw this movie, I was like, oh man, yeah, you guys definitely didn't put as much time or effort into the backdrop or you didn't care as much for how it looked, you know, as much as... Dune was going for so not to compare the two but Dune just did it so damn good that this movie almost felt lackluster when it came to like those backdrops they they definitely felt very CG for a lot of it and same with the action scenes you know I I know they spent a lot of money on this movie but these are very godlike beings and so that's hard to capture and to make look real because it doesn't actually happen in real life, so there's no good reference of how it would look in real life, you know if somebody's moving really fast or flying around but whenever the action sequences started to happen, it felt again it pulled me out it even more so than other Marvel movies, I feel like for the most part action is done really well in Marvel movies and is choreographed really well and this just felt very digital and very cg like as soon as they started fighting i'm like oh that's not a person on a wire that's very much cg created and it was just kind of a cg battle so it's like "Eh." it was okay um for action and visually i wasn't super duper impressed Not that I could do any better, but I've just, I've been treated to a lot better before, even in past Marvel movies, they've done a lot better. And so that was kind of disappointing, unfortunately, because based on the trailers, actually, that was the one thing that stood out to me in the trailer was it looked visually stunning. And then like, it looked super epic as far as what they were going to go for visually. And then it just ended up kind of being bland. I don't want to say mediocre, but bland. Um, the soundtrack um, is pretty marvelly, I guess you could say. It felt very cinematic, but didn't really stand out to me as anything super special. It was good. Um, I feel like it matched the tone of the movie, but wasn't something spectacular. I don't remember any specific songs within that movie that I was like, "Oh man, that's epic," you know. Um, there is two end credit scenes. There's a mid-credit mid scene that introduces a new character. And I was like, whoa, okay. And the casting choice was super shocking because I hadn't heard any rumors as far as that goes. So I was like, oh, wow. I guess he's going to be in the Marvel Universe. Okay. And that's not really giving it away. You know, I mean, it's kind of what you expect from post-credit scene. And then the very end sequence, um, You I was unfamiliar with the character that they were trying to like establish, but I I knew what they were going for. I knew who they were going for, but I, again, I'm just not super familiar. So it wasn't super hype for me, but there is a, I guess it's kind of spoilery, but not really. There's a character that talks in the background of that end sequence. And it took me a minute because I was like, I recognize that voice, but I don't. I don't know. I don't feel like I've heard it in the Marvel Universe. And then I was like, oh. I was like, I do recognize that voice and he hasn't entered the Marvel Universe yet, but he's going to. So, that's all. I'll leave I'll leave that to be that. So, that's it for the end sequence. But just know there's two. One in the mid and one at the very end. Um, but, all around, um, again, it, it exceeded my expectations. Um, they were pretty low to begin with, but it exceeded him pretty well i i enjoyed this movie i did it was pretty long again it was slow um it wasn't one that feels like a really rewatchable marvel movie for me i would absolutely watch it again but not one that i'm like i want to turn this on in the background so that i could be entertained or just like because i enjoyed it so much i want to just turn it on in the background Things like Doctor Strange or Guardians or Civil War, like those are absolutely movies that I would turn on in the background because they're just, I love those movies. But, like this isn't one of those. This one's a very grandiose, epic movie, and it felt that way, and it's not one that you would, I feel like, just casually watch. Um, takes a little it's a little bit more thought-provoking, I think, than the casual MCU film. Um, but it was good, left a few things to be desired and I'd absolutely recommend it. If you're an MCU fan, I think you need to watch it. If you're, you know, if you like Marvel and you want to continue going through this universe, I think you got to watch it. But, um, and if you're just a superhero fan in general, like you like that genre, I say go for it. Um, yeah, I think... I think you should watch it. Um, I don't think there's... I think the the main audience of the people that would enjoy this movie are Marvel fans and superhero fans. Um, I think if you're just a casual viewer, I think you would enjoy the story, maybe. And... Because it, it is very, again, thought-provoking and interesting story. There's a lot of conflict there. So I think you could definitely be invested as just a casual viewer, but... I don't know if this movie would be super entertaining to you if you're not super familiar with the universe. It might be kind of slow for you, not super entertaining. But all in all, I think it was good. Um, If I had to give it a rating... Again, I want to watch it one more time to really solidify how I feel about the movie because I've just seen it once and it's a lot to to grasp. But I'd probably give it 6.5 or a 7. Um, I don't think it quite breaks my top ten as far as Marvel movies go. It's up there. Um, I think it's in the, the top half for sure of the Marvel movies. But yeah. Maybe like a 65, 70 percent if I were to give it a rating. So yeah, I say I say go watch it. You know, if it's one that you have been wanting to watch, just go for it. It it was enjoyable. Um, I think it was good. And that's about it. Um, Those were the three movies that I saw this week. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of... I was kind of spoiled this week as far as movies that I've been wanting to watch. There's not a lot of movies coming out within these next, like, two weeks um, that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, The only one I can really think of is um, Benedict Cumberbatch's new movie on, I think, Netflix called Power of the Dog. Uh, Looks really cool um it's kind of like a western looks like so i don't know i'm it looks cool but that doesn't come out until the 17th so i got to wait a few weeks as far as movies that i'm really wanting to w- go and watch so i don't know how much movies or newer movies i'll be talking about with, within these next few weeks i mean i'll definitely still be hopping on here but i just might be maybe going back to a few movies i either haven't seen or just a couple older movies that i want to revisit But I don't know as far as new, new movies coming out that I'm really looking forward to. So it's unfortunate, but it's the way it goes. I'm kind of thinking about doing maybe within these next few weeks while I'm kind of waiting for a few more movies to come out that I'm wanting to see, maybe doing a kind of like a movie ranking or like a tier list kind of deal where I... Probably like a horror movie. I wanted to do it for Halloween, but I just had too many movies to talk about. Um, maybe like a horror movie tier list and kind of go through all my favorites and kind of rank them. I'm that's something I really want to do. I think that would be fun. And I think that would come across well on the audio format too, just as far as discussing movies. And I also... I have a a friend that's a really, really big Marvel fan, and he hasn't quite seen Eternals yet. So I'm hoping that he sees it this weekend. Um, And I'd really like to do a little collaboration with him and maybe do a a lot deeper dive, a more in-depth review of Eternals with him and maybe kind of get his his perspective on it, because I know, again, he's he's a lot bigger Marvel fan than I am. And I think he's more familiar with the comics and the characters than I am. So I would like to do a little collaboration with him and see if maybe we can get a big discussion going on eternal. So, um, might do that over this next week or so. And really that's about it. So, um, again, thank you for supporting me. I really appreciate all the, all the support on the show and really just want to say thank you everybody for stopping by and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.